The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You're listening to Talk with Renee Dallow, episode number 116. Talk about digital empathy with Asia Rao. Asia Rao is the founder and creative director of the Strategic Ampersand, a social media marketing and digital strategy consulting firm based in Portland, Oregon. After working in the event management industry for 17 plus years across higher education, corporate and nonprofit sectors, Asia started her own event management boutique offering a marketing component in February, 2012. Within two years, she flipped her business plan on its head after receiving numerous requests for social media marketing assistance from clients. Now, getting strategically social, digitally speaking, is her primary service. With ladylike moxie, a dash of humor, and coffee in hand, Asia works alongside clients, ranging from local mom-and-pop shops to national brands, helping them strike a balance between their digital work and analog relationships with their marketing strategies. And in today's episode, we are diving into digital empathy, what it is, how to have it, how to get better at it, how to step out of your safe comfort zone and be brave as the voice and the face of your business. This is a tremendous episode, friends. So go grab a coffee, grab a tea, and let's talk it out. Welcome to Talk with Renee Dallow, biz chat for wedding pros and creatives. Tune in every week for no BS real talk from industry experts that want to help you thrive in your business and your life. Here's your host, event planner, educator, and sushi addict, Renee Dallow. Grab a glass and get ready to talk it out. Friends, the doors to our January goal-setting workshop are now open. Join me for Biz-ish 2022. Listen, if you're feeling particularly bruised by 2021, this workshop is for you. Biz-ish is meaningful and a little bit magical goal-setting for you. Look, 2021 was a year that for most of us will be remembered as a quote-unquote wedding boom, I like to call it the year all of our clients went bananas, and maybe you did a little bit too. Because truth, this year was kind of bonkers for me as well. And what I think we need right now is instead of ignoring what we're feeling, I think we need to dig down into the muck of 2021 and help each other rise up like a phoenix from the ashes. Dramatic? Well, sure, but we're also living through a literal pandemic, so who knows what's next. If I learned anything from the last two years, it's that working on my business and setting big goals is always important work, despite all the things we cannot control. Listen, I always have my own back, and you should have yours too. I also know more than ever that we are better together as a community. So let's gather virtually and get to work and rise up together. So join me for this start of the year workshop it's a mini course, it's a workshop, it's a little bit magical, it's a lot practical, and let's take a deep dive into the business you ran in 2021, and let's make a plan for the one you want to run in 2022. And honestly, we all know our businesses and our lives are rarely separate, so this work is about all of you, all the wonderful facets of your full, messy, 
grateful life in business. So we have three calls in January and then three quarterly calls during 2022, because I'm not here for some goal setting that you forget by February. To find out more about BizIsh, go to reneedallow.com forward slash goals, reneedallow.com forward slash goals, and know that the doors close before the holiday break. So doors to this close December 23rd. So do not delay. If you want in, and I really think you should be in with us, go now, check out more about BizIsh, and I will see you inside the January workshop. Now on with the show. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Talk with Renee Dallow. It is your girl, Renee Dallow, here with the very amazing Asia Rao. Asia, how are you? I'm doing well. It's a little breezy outside, but we're doing well on the Love inside. Love it. <laughs> well, <laughs> and thank you for answering it that way, because so often, I mean, I do start every episode with like, how are you? And it's nice to not to get the reflexive fine or great. You're like, hey, on the inside, I'm great. And that's going to be my answer for a little bit. I mean, if it's true, right? Use it. Use it as much as you want. Welcome to the show. I'm stealing all of Asia's best lines. That's what we're doing. That's what we're Thanks doing. Thanks for having me here. Of course. I'm thrilled to have you here. We are talking today about digital empathy, which I think if you had told me back in 20 even 19, that I was going to do an episode on digital empathy, I'd be like, what is that? What are you talking about? So I guess we should start with what is it? (laughs) (laughs) It's a great question. (laughs) So digital empathy is essentially um, being empathetic to those online. And that is, it's being aware of how real world analog life, you know, IRL impacts us um both on our daily lives online that's kind of the nut of it Mm -hmm. but it's also acknowledging that our own biases can really impact how we interact with our audiences how they may affect our community and really taking a step back to look at it in a bigger way and realize how people gather information how people may interact with your brand and so forth and then doing our best to meet the audience where they are, not where we expect them to be. I mean, that's an amazing definition. I first, well, I guess I've, I've always noticed it, right? When a brand, and when I say brand, everyone, I even mean like our own personal brands, right? Like mm-hmm. my wedding company is a brand. I, I guess for better or for worse, I'm a brand now. Mm-hmm. I would notice it over the years when something would happen people would still go about posting on Instagram, like photos of their lunch back in the day. Right. Right. But I, I noticed it, um, pretty intently on the day of the Capitol riots that day. Like I was just glued to the TV all day. And then I would pick up my phone to distract myself on Instagram and people would be posting like wedding photos and like this course they launched today. And I was like, wow, something big is happening. Y'all should have maybe taken a sec before going forward with your automatic posting. I know that's a very minor example, but that was a, really the first time that I thought, oh, what are we doing? You know? No, it's a, it's a great example. I mean, it's um, especially with over the last five years, if you will, but yeah. more so once COVID really kicked in and we had all our shutdowns and so forth, that digital empathy became the primary way to engage with audiences and and build a community. And that's where a lot of people get confused about one versus the other. 
is our followers online are an audience. The community grows out of that. Those are your like strongest supporters. And those are the ones that we really want to focus on when we talk about digital empathy. But uh, when COVID first happened and we were in those lockdowns and depending on where you lived and what was happening, a really simple form of digital empathy would have been at that point reviewing all of your brand's uh, client personas, like who you're marketing toward and who you're engaging your, you know, your ideal uh, customer or your current customer and so forth. And really looking at those and saying, okay, how does this current real world situation impact these personas and totally switching that around. So for example, I have a client who a restaurant and we were talking through it and we realized that we really wanted to make sure that we were talking to his community, his strongest supporters. A lot of them were 50 plus. And, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, that age group was really endangered. Like they were being told, stay home. And so we created content specifically around a persona that I had created and had been using for a while. And we're like, okay, this person is a complete shut-in at home. He's worried about his well-being. He is a widower. He is, you know, X, Y, Z. How are we going to reach him? So a lot of the content that we were creating around that time, we made sure to include that um, del- the food food pickups can be brought directly to your car. There's an online ordering option. You can call us if you want to place an order. So we made it super, super basic, yet very upfront. Like we want to be part of your life. We realize we're all apart, but we're still together. So we were trying to reach that individual. And that's part of digital empathy. It's really being aware of your audience and especially through those personas and updating them as necessary, not just kind of a set and forget. Yeah. I love that example so much because I know my, my dad uh, in Connecticut, uh, my dad's very tech savvy. So the, the calling versus online would be, would be neither for him, you know, either one. But I remember during the pandemic, him saying like, there was this like Thai restaurant that he loved and they made it so that when you went in to pick up your food, there was nobody there, just the bag. Like they made this like one area of the restaurant where they could, he could literally just go in and be alone. And like, and he was like, I feel so safe. And they would order from them like once or twice a week. Awesome. I love, I mean, I love that on so many different levels. Yeah. I remember thinking like, whatever this Thai place is doing, like they've got my dad's number. <laughs> and he has theirs, literally. Yeah, literally has theirs. You know what else I, I think about digital empathy? And this is something I actually never considered. I didn't consider that it was digital empathy, except that it, it spoke to me personally, is that um, every Mother's Day, there's so many emails regarding mothers and and gifting and and i don't have a relationship with my mother and it's i just spend my the weeks before mother's day just deleting thousands of emails and this year there were two different brands who wrote who who had an email that said we're about to start our mother's day promotions and we know that this can be emotional for some people click here to opt out yeah that's absolutely brilliant on their part i mean there's there's two sides of it where you know, as a marketer, I look at that and I'm like, oh, I see what they're doing. They're segmenting their audiences, 
mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. You know, it's the very marketing side of me that sees that. But yes. as a human, as an individual, I applaud that as well. Because I think that is super important. I saw a lot of that also around Father's Day. I just yeah. think it's incredibly important to be able to form a relationship with the brand as humans. Because that is one area where digital empathy comes into play is that even if a brand is solely online, we still engage with it in a very analog way. We bring everything of our past, of our present, of our hopes for our future, we bring that into every interaction with a brand. So when we're having a bad day, that's how we're going to more or less reflect with that brand when we're like scrolling through our Instagram account. If something comes off as like something that's supposed to be funny, but maybe we're just in that spot where we're like, this isn't funny at all. We, we, yeah. We're not going to jump in with the joke. But on the flip side of that, I think it's really important too, as brands to recognize how much people engage with us. That's why we need to meet them where they are, is not to expect everyone to get the joke, not to expect everyone to more or less like fall in line with our branding. And that's why being personable, being real and showing up for your audience is so important when it comes to digital empathy. Yeah. Do you think that during the pandemic, there was a bigger, a bigger percentage of brands who weren't really in line with what the community, what their community needed because we were having such separate experiences, I think. I mean, yes, we were, what do they say? Like we were all, we were all in different boats in the same ocean. Yeah. That's a, that's a good way to say it. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely weren't tethered. We were kind of like the lifeboats off the Titanic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to find each other. I would definitely say that there were some brands actually, I like looking at brands who actually did a really great job during the initial months. And then they slowly kind of came back to, all right, we're entering real world status again. Right. Uh, Jeep did an amazing job with their, um, with their branding, with their marketing, where a couple of them had like, it was two lamps with a bookshelf between with books on it. So it looked like, you know, the front of a Jeep with the grill with the headlights. Oh, cool. It was, yeah, and they had one with a couch with two lamps. It was just very brilliant how they were very aware of what people were going through. Like we were supposed to be staying at home. We weren't supposed to be going out. Going outside was even a little you know, scary at that scary, time. Yeah. We didn't know exactly. So those brands did like Jeep did an amazing job. REI did a really great job, even though they're yeah. a major outdoor group. I remember their campaign. I remember thinking, wow, whoever thought of this is a genius. Yeah. Yeah. yeah super smart. Um, the Smithsonian actually had this amazing resource that they made available to everyone, to parents, to teachers, to kids, uh, and the speed that certain brands made these changes was unreal. I mean, when we think about Jeep and how big they are, you know, I'm sure they have an amazing marketing and PR agency behind them as well, but to be able to turn on a dime like that and say, okay, this is impacting us. How are we going to help our community still feel connected? Yeah. And that was so crucial for, for people at that point. I think now what's happening is we see so much of the, not just the politics, but also the cultural aspects coming into play where there's many culture war, actually there are not even many, there are major culture wars. I mean, we can talk about the mask mandates and how right. 
how much right. that's affecting in there. And then when that gets translated to posting on social media, do we post with someone in a mask? Do we post with someone without a mask? How do we do this? Those are big questions that a lot of brands are still grappling with. And how do we keep our customers safe when they enter our spaces? And then also how do we create a comfort for those who are following us online? And those are, those are huge questions. Those are questions that I have a lot of clients who are grappling with still. Yeah. I'll say like when I have, um, wedding photos coming in from the weddings we just did in the fall and they were all fully vaccinated events and so in most of the photos the guests are unmasked and i haven't posted like a group shot yet but i thought to myself oh if i if i post this on instagram i'm going to have to mention that like this was a fully vaccinated event because i don't want the optics out there that i'm doing events where people are being irresponsible because that's not on brand for me and and I think we're going to see more more brands, maybe not saying that so explicitly, like a bigger brand, but but seeing the masks persist as, as just a way to model, you know, appropriate behavior. I think mm -hmm, definitely. I I mean, it's it's such an individual brand choice and in how to move forward with the pandemic. And what I've been explaining to a lot of clients is, let's look at five brands that you are either closely associated with that you appreciate in how they handle their own marketing, their own social media that you may want to not exactly mirror, but, you know, take note from. Um, and then also let's look at five brands that you don't appreciate at this point. What is it about those brands? And we look at it in a very constructive criticism uh, sort of way where we look at it and say, okay, instead of doing X, I'm going to do Y and learn from those and then apply best apply it to your own audience and to the community. And I think that's the most important aspect here is when we're looking at strategies, when we're looking at our personas, we can't cookie cutter what someone else is doing or right. it's just going to fall flat. So, right. What do you say though, to the small business owner who's listening? Cause that is primarily my audience, right? Mm -hmm. Small business owners, specifically wedding pros and creatives who are listening to us and thinking, wow, I, I don't think I do any of this. Like they haven't posted about Black Lives Matter. When something in the world happens, they stay silent. What if someone has done, really doesn't really have a much of a digital empathy presence? What would you say to them? I mean, what have your, what has your research shown in like the benefit of digital empathy? So the benefit of digital empathy is huge. <laughs> it's really big. Yeah. Um, and it's not something where it's, where it's just an automatic, like, oh, I'm going to talk about XYZ today or and show how, you know, I'm going to tell people how empathetic I am to their current lives. Right. Um, a really simple way to, to show digital empathy is making sure that when you share your story and that's like when you're posting or sharing about something that happened in your work or in your personal life, whatever that is that you're about to share on Instagram is making sure that you're, you're sharing with intent and focus on others. This is something that Stacey Abrams is really well known for is that when she connects with her audience and how she has formed her community is that she has made, or she's made a point on focusing on others to create a common cause. And she makes sure that her audience is part of the story, not a footnote. And that's a really big part of digital empathy is showing how 
what you're doing, how you've grown your business, you know, whether it's you're doing a bridal shower, if you're doing, um, you know, some sort of engagement party or a wedding is to really talk about how much the, the current client, how much they've impacted your life in a positive way. That's an easy way to show digital empathy. And the other part of this is just making sure that let's say you have a couple who is uh, Korean, a Korean couple who is getting married. It's really important to not look at those photos like score. I have an Asian couple. I can show more <laughs> diversity within my feed. Like that, I would say, whoa, yes. let's take a big step back because digital empathy and inclusion is not a checklist. When we start thinking of diversity as a checklist, I need to show a black couple here. I need to show an Asian couple here. I need to do X. I need to do Y. That's, that's not sincere. And, and I think people can feel that, right? I think we can see that. Definitely pull back on that. So for the, for the small business owner, it's, just, it's mainly being able to tell your story in a way that includes others, that lets others feel like they're a part of it and that they want to be a part of it. That's why people will follow other people on, on Instagram. So. Yeah. I love that. I love the, everything has to come from your own lens. Right. And so in the example of that Korean couple, I mean, you would never post, God, I hope no one listening would ever post, look, a Korean couple as their caption, right? (laughs) We'd never do that. So instead we want to talk about how, how that, ceremony affected you and how it, you know, and sort of tie it all together. Otherwise, otherwise I personally think there's no point in any of this social media posting, because if we're all you're doing is showing a photo of flowers and going, look, pretty flowers. Well, I can get that anywhere. What I want to know is how you feel about the flowers and how, what your perspective is on the flowers. Exactly. Or talk about the, the partnering vendor that you used and why you use that person is, is your uh, florist, is it a you know, a minority owned company? Is it a female owned company? Tell me about the floors. Why are you so excited about working with this individual? Is this an individual you work with regularly? Is this an individual I should pay attention to as a follower? Right. Um, tell me, tell me about that person and why you enjoy working with that person. And it, it really does come down to those relationships and those connections because those do travel in in social media uh one of the things that i often tell clients who i work more in an advisory level is don't just show me the photo shoot tell me about the photo shoot so yes. it's, it's a lot of show and tell it's the um why is this so important to you or is this just another photo shoot with a lot of pretty pictures right and so for me it's always about the story behind the photo or the story um or, or like what looking at that photo brings up for me. And this is something that has been interesting for me as I grow my personal brand, the Renee Dallow um, account. Like I have an Instagram account that's just my name, which is uh, the home for like, you know, all my education stuff and public speaking. And the other day I was scrolling it and I thought, oh my God, there's so many photos of me here. But if you look at the captions, the captions are almost never about me. Um, yeah. The captions are about, uh, you know, like there was one photo taken of me, like a full body photo taken of me, um, and I talked about how I almost never let anyone take any full body photos of me or post any full body photos of me. Right. And beca- and for all the other reasons. And then we, I talked about, you know, how in a few months we were doing a party where the dress code was neutrals and I wouldn't normally say yes to that, but I'm 
going out of my comfort zone. And then when I posted the photo of me in the neutral outfit, I thought, well, here we go. I did it. Right. So you can always find ways to um, talk about yourself, but not really talk about yourself. Talk about, as you said, from Stacey Abrams, the community, because I will say that that post got like the most comments and the most likes because people can relate to it. Exactly. The, the more we can relate to our audience, the, the more trust will be built between the two. And the more that your audience is more likely to, to return to your post and look at your website and so forth on, you know, outside of social media, more likely they are to sign up for your newsletter. And really, when someone signs up for a newsletter, that's like pure gold. Um, that, that shows an amazing amount of trust within your brand. And whether that's, you know, whether you send out a weekly newsletter or a monthly, or if you're more like me, maybe it's more of an annual newsletter. No shame. No shame. No shame. <laughs> no shame. You do what you can. It's really important. And it's that amount of trust that an, that an individual is placing in your brand that needs to be honored as well. And that's, again, digital empathy coming yeah. into play where, where an individual is saying, hey, I trust you enough to give you my email address and my first name and my birth date and whatever else you ask right. your sign-up form. It's, it's, it's a big step, especially now with so many security issues and you know, security breaches and so forth um, that are happening regularly is we really need to treat that newsletter list of subscribers like, like it is the most important thing to you and your work. More I agree. Bank password, probably. Like. Right. <laughs> I, I will say I often just promote things and just give discounts to my email list only. Like yeah. there are, there are things that only go out on email that I never share on social that I never talk about on the podcast, because it's like, I know these thousands of people, you know, they receive an email from us every week about the podcast. And there's always, almost always something underneath there that's like, hey, here's this little thing for you or freebie or a discount or this other thing I'm doing. Like, and I just try to provide more value, right? Because, because I get it, because I'm on so many email lists, right? So I understand the value of it. But also, like, that's the relationship um, that I want to be the most intimate is probably not the right word, but I guess most direct. Oh, I think intimate is a great word. I mean, it there's, there's different levels of intimacy, but we're talking about a brand being intimate with their with their community. That's where you would talk about being intimate with the community. Those that's that. Hey, you are very special to me, and I am being very real with you. I want you to be a part of this. I want to share this with you, and it takes a lot of trust. It takes a lot of vulnerability on both sides to say to that group as as brand owners especially I feel like in these days as, uh, you know, whether it's uh, a female owned brand, a minority owned brand, it takes a lot of trust with your audience that they are there with good intent and that they are a part of your community with that good intent and, and vice versa. When we show up for our uh, community, whether it be in newsletters, whether it be in social media, on our website, however, we're connecting through a podcast, we're showing the audience that in the community that we are bringing our best forward for them. And that's a high expectation right now. That's one thing I do see a lot with clients back to like, whether being analog or in digital, our expectations of brands right now is so high. 
And that's one thing that's both good and wearisome from the pandemic is our amount of patience for, for people is, is just in this weird place where I feel like some people get it that we are trying to do our best and other people it's no matter what you do, you you can't do right. Um, Yeah. I feel that. I I feel a little bit, I feel that as well. And not, and I feel that as a brand owner and I feel that as a consumer as well. Right. I, I, I mean, I've had those moments, especially last June during the Black Lives Matter movement or the, you know, the uprising of that and thinking like some of the brands that I use as a wedding professional being like, why aren't you saying anything? Say something. And, and I probably still haven't recovered from some people's silence on that, to be honest. Yeah, there was that first week <laughs> after uh, George Floyd's murder and the and how Black Lives Matter, how the protests came from that and how they just built. It was really important to take notice of the brands that really came forward and yeah. said, we support this. Um, the hard part with that was I was contacted by several friends and colleagues, clients, past clients that I've worked with, and just this, wait, this list of individuals, and they were like, what am I supposed to do right now? And my first response was, don't post anything. Like, just don't post. Like, this is the time you hit your, your, your off switch on whatever scheduler you have, and you don't post. We need to just let this happen. This is a monumental historic moment that we're witnessing. Yeah. Um, and then from that, though, a lot of colleagues that I have in the field and conversations we were having was there were CEOs, business owners, you know, higher ups, basically, that were telling their social media folks, hey, I need you to post something. And these individuals were like, I have no idea what to post. I don't know where we stand on this. I don't know. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, right. my heart just broke for some of these folks. I was like, oh, my God, no. Get HR on the phone. Go push back on your leadership and say, no, I need you to write something. Right. And it is absolutely scary. It is a super scary step to take when we as small business owners, as entrepreneurs, as creatives, when we step forward with our own beliefs and we post. You know, you, you're asking earlier about what if someone doesn't post something? And I am going to gently push back and challenge on that <laughs> and say that it is important for us to take a stand and for us to show where we stand because we want our audiences and thus our communities to be those who stand with us and who we want to stand alongside that's about being in having intention with your social media if if you post something that's about supporting black lives matter or you post something about Oh, pick a topic, any topic. (laughs) Could be anything. It could be anything. But if, if you get pushback from that, if you end up losing followers, I say good for you. Those individuals 
are not part of your genuine community, nor would you want them part of your community. I do believe that it's important to hear different voices. I do believe it's important to listen to constructive criticism and to act upon that. I do believe that it is important to hear different voices. However, it is super important to speak up for the community and to show and offer agency to learn and apply and to continue improving upon that. And that does not come easy. It is so, so hard to make that first step. And if the pushback is something that scares somebody, I, I say, I get it. And I stand beside, you know, like I've had clients where I'm like, I'm standing beside you in this. Um, yeah. we, we will figure this out together. And I, and I do believe in that, though. I believe that it is so important, especially now, to say this is where I stand. And I agree with you 100%. And I will, I will add this, because I'm someone who's been yelling loudly about the things I believe in for a while now. It's the first time you might feel scared, but it gets so much easier the more you do it because your audience then aligns with what you already believe. And so you're not talking to a group of people who disagree with you anymore. Yeah, it's. It is that first big step that's <laughs> really important. There's um, an online creative, actually she owns her own shop. It's um, uh, the Instagram handle is Sophie and Dilly. And it's, um, her name's Jennifer. And she has started to, well, for a while though, she has been supporting numerous movements. She's very active within Black Lives Matter. She's an, an artist and she will regularly comment like i lost more followers and that's okay because she'll make a controversial post and but you can tell over time it's become easier and easier for her to take a stand during the inauguration she did this awesome drawing of different women and it was more or less like the rainbow pattern of all their outfits and it was just so cool to see her perspective of that day but when she got pushback on it from some of her um, from some of her followers, she was just like, I don't care. Either you like it or you don't. You don't have to follow me. And that's an important aspect to realize that we don't want everybody to like us. Oh, 100%. That, that's not where we are. Yeah. It used to be back in the day. Years, oh, yeah. This was a couple of years ago. Every time I posted a same-sex couple on my wedding planning Instagram account, I would lose a couple of followers. And it occurred to me one day, because I noticed it, right? It occurred right. to me one day that why was I paying attention? Yeah. Like, like why did I notice it? Why was I looking for that? What, proof that I shouldn't post it? I was going to keep posting. There, was, there wasn't there was a doubt in my mind that made me think, oh, I shouldn't post these photos. If anything, I was like rebelliously posting more to be like, yeah, let's weed out the people that don't like this. Yeah. Um, that's I, an important think, aspect. <laughs> yeah, I think at some point, like you have to just decide if if what you care about is stronger than whatever number is on your Instagram account. Like to me, it's it doesn't matter at all. It's a bunch of bullshit, really. Um, exactly. And and even you know during the last election, um, and I saved it on my Moxie Bright account under ethics because I was feeling very annoyed. Um, I posted a lot about the election, and and during Trump's administration, I posted a ton about how much I hated him, and uh, should not be a surprise to anyone who listens to the show. <laughs> but I did an Instagram 
uh, story. Some I don't even remember what it was about. Something about the election, and I got an email, uh, DM from someone that said like, "I follow you for pretty wedding photos, not for your opinion." And I was like, "Oh, here we go." And I ended up writing back, being like, "Then you've obviously stumbled into the wrong account because I don't know who you think you've been following all these years." But like, just for this, I'm making a donation to the ACLU. Like, I, I absolutely refuse to be quiet about anything I believe in. And there's plenty of other pretty wedding planning accounts for you to go follow. I think over the last four or five years, we as business owners have definitely learned the value of speaking up yeah. and the the value of our voices. And I think that's something even as women, we are constantly yes. improving upon and that we need to do. And we need to continue offering agency for those who do not have that voice, for those who cannot speak up. And it's something I feel very passionately about. I'm a mom of two boys and my hope for them is as they've gotten older and as we talk more and more, they're tweens, teenagers, is the importance of not just respecting people, but the importance of helping people and how helping someone takes many different forms. And we don't help out of pity. We help out of compassion. That's a lesson. I mean, that to me is a life lesson that we're constantly striving toward. And as business owners, when we do shy away from these tougher, harder moments, are we not sharing because, you know, I do ask, like, are we not sharing because we're scared or are we not sharing because we were apathetic to the situation? Right. And, and it's, I mean, that's a hard line. It, it doesn't feel like, I realize it feels like there should be something in between that, but it's- uh, <laughs> well, well, there isn't. The thing is that there, there isn't though, right? And Yeah, it's and one or the other. Why, if we're scared, then, you know, we need to pull up our boots and, and move forward and move through that, you know, learn from it. If we're apathetic to it, then we really need to do work on, okay, why am I apathetic to this? And it's, being apathetic towards something doesn't necessarily mean that you're a bad person. I think it's, but the value of that is acknowledging and learning from it and saying, okay, I need to either change my mindset mindset, or is there something I can do to literally change the situation and right. move forward and find empathy within it and recognizing that empathy, again, is not a pity party, that's sympathy. Right. Empathy is is feeling that and being able to move forward in it. I think too, when we talk about the the parts of uh, societal unrest or or anything political or cultural that we are apathetic toward, I think we have to check our privilege at that point, right? Because if we can, exactly. if we have the luxury of being apathetic about something, well, isn't that nice for us? But exactly. that oftentimes mean, means we need to do a ton more reflection on why that is so. But then also I always think, oh, if I'm feeling apathy, that means I'm afraid of something here, right? Like mm -hmm. I should probably go do some more research on my own. And I think that is kind of what it boils down to when we think about the brands and the small business owners who have been not saying anything is like, it's fear or it's apathy, but either one needs to be investigated. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's tough. I mean, it is so tough. I had a Instagram post while back it was last year during the during the protests and it's a Maya Angelou quote which is uh do the best you can until you know better then when you know better do better yeah that's one of my favorite quotes of hers it's just a very um 
it's this very internal acknowledgement of even if we say i didn't know it's that well now you know and exactly let's move forward yeah last year this year last five plus years have been so much <laughs> internal reflection and acknowledgement and learning to respect so many different voices and really learning how to appreciate the different voices but in that finding the strength to say this is my voice and this is what i can bring to the table and and just in sitting in that and being okay with that being okay with the idea of we need to continue to research and learn and reflect yeah and i think that's really the work of living isn't it like evolving ourselves to a higher place and i think that's the work of entrepreneurship too is like really knowing ourselves and knowing what we stand for. Absolutely. This is so good, Asia. This is deep stuff here. This is deep stuff, y'all. <laughs> I hope you had some wine for this episode. Um, <laughs> Asia, where can people find you out on the World Wide Web? My uh, company is called The Strategic Ampersand. Uh, they can find it at thestrategicampersand.com is my website, or it's the same actually on Instagram. Um, and they can go to either one, sign up for a newsletter, follow me on Instagram, whatever floats their boat, I'm there. Love it. So all of those links are going to be in the show notes, so you don't have to take notes while you're driving. Asia, I hope that you, I know that you've encouraged me, but I hope you've encouraged our listeners to be brave and research <laughs> yeah. and and be bold and do the thing, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's what we're all here for is to is to put our best foot forward and and do what we want to do, do our passions, hopefully. Hopefully, yes. As this year winds down as uh, 2021, maybe thankfully, question mark comes to a close. Uh, what are you looking forward to in the new year, Asia? I am super excited. I'm actually um, taking a trip to Iceland. For my Ooh, birthday. I, I'm yes. the year in a very unique way here. I've all totally vaccinated, doing all that. Speaking of <laughs> what do we say, what do we do? Lots Love of it. research with with uh, the who here on this one. Um, but yeah, I'm going for two weeks, uh, two and a half weeks for my birthday. And all this trip has been the uh, saving grace for me from the pandemic of just, you know, sitting at home and trying to keep my mind busy so i started yes. looking into you know thinking about where is everyone to go during the winter <laughs> oh they're gonna go to beaches somewhere warm where am i gonna go i'm gonna go to iceland so oh, i love it well <laughs> yeah. i'm thrilled for you i've heard iceland is gorgeous i actually have a really good friend whose sister got married in iceland oh. and the whole family went uh, it was a sm very small wedding, but the photos from it were intense. So cool. I am so excited. Uh, yeah, we're the hope is to see um, the Northern Lights. That's my big hope for my birthday. That's yes. why I so for two weeks. Um, but also to see the black beaches, to experience the, the hot springs. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited about it. I know you're asking about 22, but that's No, but I this is a brilliant answer because I think we all have the wanderlust right now and we need to get out and, ex and explore the world again, as safely, vaccinated, of course. Yes. Um, and oh, I can't, well, I will have to go follow you to see all the photos from this epic trip you're about like to take. You should, definitely. <laughs> it's it's on Asia. We are doing it. Um, my lovely podcast friends, uh, thank you for sharing your time with us. I know that your time is valuable and I never take it lightly that you spend 
this little time with us every week. We will be back next week with uh, another episode uh, before the holiday, which we will be taking a mental health break around the holidays and give the whole team time to rest. So if you're listening to this on December 9th and you have not given yourself time to rest, I say, friends, take that rest. You too, Asia, take that rest. I'm going to definitely take that rest. (laughs) (laughs) All right, team, we'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Talk with Renee Dallow. Dive into the show notes at reneedallow.com forward slash podcast and connect with Renee at Talk with Renee Dallow on Instagram. 